What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender. With me, of course, Adam Ronis. We're here courtesy of Fantasy Alarm, the Sawdust Podcast Network. And as you'll hear from us in a little bit, Monkey Knife Fight, our proud sponsors as well. Adam, week five. Well, we're not quite yet in the books. We have a, a game tomorrow on or a game on Monday night and a game potentially still on Tuesday. But now I got to tell you, this has got to be probably the most bittersweet day for you. I'm sure your fantasy teams did well. Your Cowboys pull off a much-needed win, but oh, Dak Prescott, dude, his leg looked like a pretzel. It was gross. It was horrific. Double compound fracture of the ankle. He is done, likely for the season, no doubt. Andy Dalton, now quarterback in your Cowboys. How you feeling today? I'm not even about the Cowboys. I I feel really bad for Dak Prescott. You know, I'm always someone who supports players getting money. I never complain when players hold out. I never criticize them. I don't call them selfish because of things like this. They should get their money whenever they can. You never know when an injury is around the corner and your career could be over. Fortunately, it appears listening to doctors that he should be fine and that this is not a career ender. He had the surgery. Reportedly, it went successful on Sunday night. Uh, but I just feel bad for him. And I know some people are going to say, well, the Cowboys offered him big money and he rejected it. We don't know what the exact offer was. And he's looking at the market for quarterbacks. And when you see quarterbacks below you that you're better than making more money, you want to get market value. So you can't really blame him for that. This was a fluke injury. He was playing great this year. And you could see his teammates love him. He's had a rough year with everything that's happened with his brother. You don't hear any thing negative about him. You hear a lot of positive things. You could see Jason Garrett, his former coach, now on the sidelines for the Giants over there expressing concern and all the NFL players who reached out on social media. So I just feel bad for Dak Prescott because, you know, he was balling out this year. He wasn't getting any help from defense. And it just sucks to see any player. It doesn't matter who it is. You know, you never want to see injuries. Unfortunately, they're unavoidable. So I just feel bad for Dak. As a person, as a player, forget about my Cowboys because, you know, I, they probably weren't going to do much this year. So it's not even like, oh, my team now. It was really about uh, Dak, the person, and everything that he's had to go through and, and to see him on the ground in pain like that and to see that gruesome sight. It just, I really feel bad for him. Yeah. I mean, listen, you, you can tell I was actually, I was talking to Jeff Manns earlier in the day uh, from Elite Fantasy. And I mean, it's, it's, you know, we both agreed on the same thing. You can tell a lot about a player. Uh, his character uh, and what what he means to a team and to the game itself uh, by the the reactions of teammates and yeah to see Jason Garrett come over like that off the other sideline to uh, to give some you know words of encouragement or just to check in on him and you know kind of you know put his arm like it looked like he was putting his arm around McCarthy for a second I mean it was like I mean that that's a big deal so. You know, yeah, I definitely, you know, you, you feel terrible for Dak. It's it's not an injury that you want to see. Um, I mean, it's it's uh, it's crazy. It really is. And it's, um, you know, I mean, listen, and, and the weird thing is, you know, when you look at what it was, you know, on, on a day when Alex Smith, you know, he steps back onto a field, gets hit for the very first time since that just brutal, gruesome broken leg that he went through. Um, you know, and, and uh, for this to happen, you know, double compound fracture of the ankle and, 
you know, immediate surgery to, to, you know, correct everything. No, it's not a, it's not a career killer, but it's definitely, you know, a, a, a grim thing that you, you don't want to see. And, you know, and the last thing you want is for this to inhibit what he's supposed to get paid or what he will get paid. Um, be very curious to see what kind of a person Jerry Jones is in the wake of, uh, of something like this. So Nuts. Absolutely nuts. It was, it was another crazy, you know, week five, uh, you know, another crazy week where, you know, you just, you look and see what's going on around the NFL and man, I mean, you know, with all the COVID stuff that went down early this morning and, and, you know, the NFL shuffling up their schedules, the fact that the, the Titans bills game still may play on Tuesday is, you know, un- unfortunately, I think it's kind of an abomination. <laughs> just, with the outbreak, the way they, they that it is, do you really think it's smart to put the Titans on the field with the Bills, um, and you know, and potentially infect another team? I get it. The NFL doesn't want to go to a Week 18 or Week 19, but man, safety first right now. So you know, with all of that, and then you know, what happens today? Or who's who's our who's our big uh, our big draw, our big top scorer? Uh, of the day that comes at the wide receiver position because Chase Claypool uh, drops four touchdowns, uh, 110 receiving yards, uh, a rushing touchdown, three receiving touchdowns. I mean, it was uh, it was crazy. You know, the top scoring like this just goes to show you what kind of a week it was. Adam, the top scoring uh, wide receivers today were Chase Claypool and and Travis Fulgham. Uh, number three, Brandon Cooks, who took a dump on everybody last week with a donut, uh, comes back in balls. I mean, this is, uh, you want to talk about a crazy day, man. I don't even know where to go after that. Yeah, I mean, I look quickly at some of my leagues, and it looks like the scoring is going to be down this week uh, for sure. We still have two games left, hopefully. But, yeah, you just had a lot of uh, top players just not perform. And you mentioned some of the receivers that are leading the way. And you know, I said it last week, and I'll say it again. I mean, the tight end position is just a disaster right now. Like, you can't count on it. Once again, you know, outside of Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews this week, it, it was terrible. You know, I mean, Waller was okay. But just a lot of down performances at the tight end position. Like, you can't count on anything anymore. Yeah, Evan Ingram scored two touchdowns, but one – was on a three-yard rush. The other was on a fake field goal. I mean, he still did, is not getting the target. So you want to say, well, he came through. Well, it took a trick play and, and a run to get him involved. He did nothing in the passing game on a day that the Giants put up 34 points. So once again, the tight end position, uh, just tough for people right now. Yeah, how about Tyler Higby targeted twice in this game? Meanwhile, Gerald Everett comes out with four grabs, four targets. 90 yards as well. I mean, that just, I mean, that didn't just, I mean, Dalton Schultz didn't come through today. Everybody upside down. How about Evan? How about Eric Ebron? Everybody's darling tight end play for DFS this week. Not only did he uh, not get into the end zone, but the dude fumbled twice. Yeah. I mean, if you did use him though, in a PPR, he gave you a 9.3. That's a victory at the tight end position nowadays. Um, did he it is. It? Is it 9.3? No, 8.3. Oh, well, if you get the minus one for the fumble, yeah, because he lost, technically lost one fumble. I guess, was it a drop pass on the other? Yeah, the other one they called the drop pass, but yeah. it looked like a fumble, to, to say the least. But, um, yeah, I mean, listen, the tight end position is trash. Uh, how about Dalvin Cook leaving uh, tonight, you know, the Sunday night game against Seattle? 
uh, with a groin injury. I mean, he was stayed on the sideline, so it doesn't look like it's, you know, all that serious. But he came in for one play. Okay, so here you go. So, you know, Dalvin Cook uh, <laughs> on thin ice as it is. But, I mean, in a I don't – look, we'll have to wait the extent of his injury. They're saying it's a groin. But they have a bye in week seven. So he might sit out next week, and they just say, you know what, we'll wait three weeks. So certainly possible. Uh, the leagues that I have Cook, I have Madison in all of them. Mm-hmm. I made sure of that. And I do have Madison in a couple other leagues where I don't have Cook. So – for me personally, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But, I mean, I'd rather just see Cook out there, though. But uh, the bye week might be a factor depending on the extent of it. You know, obviously, they probably were cautious. It was raining out there. And they said, you know what? Let's not risk this. We have a good running back with Madison, even Boone to back him up. Uh, so it's possibly plays next week. I mean, it's easy to jump to conclusions, but we just don't know the extent of it. You know, maybe in a couple of days, he's fine. And he goes, look, I'm fine. It was just a situation at night it was bothering me it's good now we don't know but you do take the bye week into consideration you know vikings could look to play it safe and they didn't help themselves losing this damn game tonight uh to go to one and four a win would have been huge but i think we all knew watching that game that uh russell wilson was going to come back yeah i mean you knew it was going to it made no sense to not go for the field goal at the end for mike zimmer at least just take the eight point lead force them into you know, going for two. They went for two anyway when they came back and scored the touchdown and missed it. So, you know, that's got to, like, grind Mike Zimmer's gears uh, a little bit more on that. Should have just taken the points and at least, you know, you know, whatever, played for overtime and and, and done something like that. I'll tell you, you know, you look forward. I'll tell you what, man, you look at the uh, Minnesota next week. They are at home, uh, and they're against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, the Falcons look absolutely atrocious today. Uh, with the exception of Todd Gurley, who rushed for 121 yards and uh, and a touchdown, um, also caught four passes for 29 yards. But what did the Falcons do? They fired De- Dan Quinn. They fired their general manager as well. Um, I haven't seen the official word that Dirk Cutter is going to be uh, stepping in as the interim head coach. Uh, but if there's anything we learned from the Houston uh, Houston game today, it's that. Uh, yeah, baby, it's in play. Uh, teams who fire their coach in season, the game after, they now uh, they now cover the spread. Uh, what is like sixty four point seven percent of the time now? Sixty four point seven percent since two thousand ten. Booyah! I'm taking the Falcons and whatever points that they give them going to Minnesota. <laughs> Yeah, no matter what. I don't know. Uh we'll see. What do you think? What do you think the point spread's gonna be? It's gonna be at least a touchdown. Minnesota over Atlanta? Nah. In four Minnesota? Or five. Yeah. Four or five. Four or five? Yeah. I'll take Minnesota's one and four. I'll play the percentages, man. I'll play that six near sixty five percent chance. I'll take it. Why not? Why not? Again, I think, you know, I, I also think if you looked at some of the play calling that went down in that game, uh, again, I'm not putting it past Dirk Cutter uh, to to hold back a little bit because he knows that with another loss that the team is going you know, to make that change and he's looking for that job. Yeah, but even if he does get it, probably not going to be the long-term coach. So you can get it on the interim, but not going to keep it. If he turns the team around completely... 
If the team turns around, let's say, I mean, how so this is week five. All right. So for the final 11 games, let's say the Falcons go seven and four. Does he keep the job? Uh, I don't know. If he goes eight and three. Uh, probably, maybe. Okay. All right. So you're on the fence at seven and four uh, for the rest of the way. Okay. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to keep track on that one because that's uh, yeah, it's gonna be an interesting one. I mean, I I just I you know I, again I look at some of the play calling and I'm like, you know, I mean again, why are you calling for a guy to run a route that goes you know four yards, uh, and and you need eight? Like, well, that happens across the NFL. I know, but it's still you just when you've got these weapons that that you know that they have, and let's face it, they've got weapons. In Atlanta, I mean, it's you know Calvin Ridley. Like when you saw when they started coming back in the second half, and Ryan just kept hitting Ridley over and over again. That was, I mean, they were friggin' balling for crying out loud. And I think that that's you know something that they can consistently do. Well, Matt Ryan has not played well now for three straight weeks. Three straight weeks, you know it. So I mean, it's got to be on him a little bit too. Sure, 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 sure. You can put some on him. I don't, I don't doubt that. Maybe he doesn't like Quinn either. Maybe he's like, yeah, Dirk Cutter's my guy. I don't know, man. I don't know. Just seemed uh, seemed like a like a lame duck offense this week. Last week, I hated the play calling last week too. I mean, I'm yeah, they've been even... ter- they've been terrible all year. Woof, woof, woof. Um, all right, we'll get to a couple of more hot takes, but I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, Monkey Knife Fight. Hey, thanks, Monkey Knife Fight, the DFS site you guys should be playing on, and here's why. <laughs> Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out MonkeyKnifeFight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up. And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. <laughs> Not to mention the fact that you can make money on uh, on Monkey Knife Fight uh, playing their prop games to make up for your losses for taking the San Francisco 49ers uh, and laying points at that against uh, against the Miami Dolphins. Adam, what the fudge? Look, I didn't expect the 49ers to lose, but I've been saying it. Uh, they're just not as good as they were last year. It was clear. I mean, we saw it in week one when they lost to Arizona, and Arizona's not that good either. I know they won today, but they played the Jets. Remember, people were throwing parades when the Cardinals were 2-0, and and I'm like, 
They're not that good. Um, but yeah, this was just stunning here. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick was throwing on them all day. Uh, Miles Gaskin got a touchdown. Surprisingly, Jordan Howard was inactive in this one, a healthy inactive. A lot of people have been dropping Preston Williams recently, and he goes off for 100 yards and a touchdown. You know, this was the week for, I guess, redemption week for a lot of players that got off to slow starts or struggled last week. Uh, yeah, they just took it to them. And Jimmy Garoppolo was taken out after the first half. They said it was due to his ankle not being 100%. I mean, he didn't look good. He threw two picks. Uh, just terrible. I mean, across the board, and it affected the 49ers for fantasy purposes as well. This just kind of embarrassment. So, uh, by the way, they said Davin Cook's going to have an MRI on Monday for his injured groin. All right. We'll have to uh, keep you posted there. Um you know, too funny with the uh, with the Denver cancellation um, in that super flex league that I'm in. So I lost the uh, the Denver quarterback who I had, uh, and I you know, and I started uh, what you call it. I started Nick Foles, but I you know, I um, wasn't sure if Jimmy was gonna play or whatever. So I ended up play- picking up uh, C.J. Beathard. And uh, and I was like all set and ready to do that, and uh, and then Garoppolo started, and I, uh, I I ended up having to go with Jimmy G, and it was terrible, terrible. Yeah, it definitely was terrible. That was for sure. That was just a pathetic performance by the 49ers. You know, I have to play Sunday night against the Rams. Oof, the Rams, who again looked real, real good. Uh, you know, in in their game. Now, granted, it's Washington, but. You know, there just there seemed to just be some really nice moments where Jared Goff was just he was dealing and he was looking good. Now I don't know what the hell to make of this backfield anymore. And you know, fifteen carries for Henderson, nine for Acres, eight for Brown. Dude, I I want nothing to do with this backfield. And a lot of those carries for Acres came late. He had a forty-six yard run late, and then McVay did say after the game that you will see more Acres next week. But man. You know, Henderson, everyone loved him last week. It didn't happen. And then this week he gets 18 touches, including a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. But on the ground, he was only at 2.5 yards. Malcolm Brown was 3.8 and Akers was 6.8. But again, a lot of those carries were late. Uh I think we all believe that Akers is the most talented guy. We're kind of waiting for him. I know I drafted him in several leagues and have just kind of been holding on to him. But we said it Friday on the Fantasy Alarm Show live stream, like, you can't start anyone in this backfield today. The highest guy I had ranked was Henderson. It was probably around 27, 28. So there were probably people that had to with everything that happened this week and the cancellations and a couple teams on by. You might have been forced to, but you couldn't have done it with confidence. No, I, I wouldn't have done it with confidence. I had a lot of questions where it was like Daryl Henderson or Malcolm Brown or Antonio Gibson on the other side of that game. And you were like, ah, you know, where are you going to go with this? Now, Antonio Gibson, you want to talk about a guy crap in the bed. Um, you know, where are all the checkdowns? Where the hell were all the checkdowns from Kyle Allen who got lifted? Well, he got injured and then they were just like, screw it. We're not putting this dude back in. He's not productive. Uh, they leave Alex Smith in. Hurrah, hurrah, hurrah. You know, side commentary here. Like, I'm listening to the announcers, and they're talking about how inspirational these Washington, you know, this Washington organization is. And, you know, it's all direct. It's all about Alex Smith coming back. But they're putting it on the Washington team to make you 
sympathetic to to Washington. I'm like, do they not still realize that their owner is the biggest scumbag in sports? Like that's that's killing me right now. I know that they're trying to change the culture, but you're not gonna, you know, a tiger does not change his stripes, and and Dan Snyder is not gonna stop being the prick that he is. So whether you got Alex Smith under center or Ron Rivera as your head coach, it's still a Dan Snyder team, and they can f off. Yeah, no, that's true. And the other thing is, too, as great as it was to see Alex Smith on the field, um, he was not good. Got sacked six times. Uh, I know it's the Rams defense, but uh, he didn't do anything to help. And the problem with Gibson was we still saw J.D. McKissick. McKissick had eight targets and caught six passes for 46 yards. So, you know, he took some of those checkdowns away from Gibson, who did have five for 24 and caught all five targets. But they sprinkled in McKissick, too, especially as they were Too down much. big in the second half. Too yeah, much. I know. Eight yeah. targets. That was brutal. That was absolutely brutal. Um, and it killed McLaurin, too. I mean, McLaurin's been yeah. crushing every week. And then when Alex Smith came in, he just wasn't throwing a ball at all. I mean, he averaged 2.2 yards per pass attempt. <laughs> Again, Alex Smith's great story. For no doubt about it, to actually see him step foot on the football field in an NFL game is amazing. I watched that documentary that ESPN put out. It was sad as hell. I mean, I was like, I can't believe this guy still wants to play football. Give him a lot of credit for coming back, but just wasn't good when he was on the field today. No, he was not good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just and that. Yeah, you're right. That totally killed McLaurin. I mean, forget about, you know, Jalen Ramsey covering him. Nobody, they, they couldn't throw the ball more than 10 yards. It was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. So that killed his value. And now I'm curious, really, like, what does this do for McLaurin's value for you moving forward? I mean, obviously, you know, well, you hope that Allen or Smith gets better. But, you know, Dwayne Haskins was home today. They claimed it was he was, you know, he was sick. But, uh, you know, reports came out that the uh, that Washington's looking to trade him right now. Bad attitude, doesn't practice right, doesn't do any of the work, doesn't put in any of the work. And so, you know, I mean, I don't know what they're going to get for him in return. But McLaurin's value, man, this really takes a hit. Yeah, they said that Allen was kept out of the game just to be cautious. So maybe he does play next week. And he actually looked okay early on uh, and was actually, you know, hit McLaurin for a couple passes. So I think that's what you have to hope for at this point is that they get Allen back in there and, you know, he throws the ball to McLaurin. You hope, you hope. No guarantees uh, of that at all. Let's go through some of the other games here. Baltimore, Cincinnati. Well, my Mark Ingram play, did not pan out. Um, I thought I was going to get a little something-something at the end of that first half, but uh, lo and behold, Baltimore decided that first and goal at the two, why don't we pass it uh, to to Marquise Brown? And uh, Which was smart. Shut up, dude. They should I have Hollywood in a lot of leaks. <laughs> give, give the ball to Ingram. You should have given the ball to Ingram. They should have. You know they should have. He got 11 carries for 57 yards. Uh, I know, I know. It just wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. What did you think of Joe Burrow facing a, a, a top defense for the first time? Did you see Patrick Queen not only just light him up, but then recover that fumble for a touchdown? Yeah, it was rough. He was sacked seven times. I mean, they were all over him. Uh, just a tough matchup. You know, we've seen the Ravens D be a little bit vulnerable, but 
The Bengals, D, actually kept them in this game, man. I know it's crazy to say it, 27-3, but there were so many opportunities. The Ravens could have put this away and blew this game out, and it remained 17-0 for a long time. And I'm like, all right, can Cincinnati do something offensively? And they just couldn't. Uh, and then even late in the game, I'm like, all right, at least Burrow throw a late touchdown. No, let's uh, kick a field goal so we don't get shut out. Come on, guys. What the hell, man? So, yeah, it's just one of those games. Look, if you are if you have Joe Mixon, he got 30 touches. And at least he had six receptions for 35 yards. But outside of that, just uh, terrible all around for the Bengals. And, you know, the Ravens offense still wasn't very impressive. You know, Lamar Jackson struggled again in this game. Uh, he had two passing touchdowns. He only rushed for three yards. Uh, he threw he's another interception. He's been dealing with that knee issue. That's why I was big on Ingram. I'm like, if he's got a knee issue, let him hand the friggin' ball off. Like, that, to me, makes no sense whatsoever. Like, come on. Seriously? Yeah, it probably wasn't too bad. You know, they let him play, and, you know, he did get the ball to Brown and Andrews, which most people, those are the two players that are rostered. So those guys came through. Uh, it was just kind of surprising to see Hollywood get a two-yard touchdown. We're used to seeing him get open deep, but he had 10 targets. Andrews had nine. So for the most part, I mean, this the Ravens' backfield is just uh, – this is five weeks now, man. I, I just don't see how you can start anyone at this point. Ingram, 11 carries. Edwards, seven. Dobbins, one. I mean, this is just a nightmare right now. Yeah. It was, it was it was stupid. This was this was the literally the dumbest thing I've I've seen. So <laughs> safe to assume that T. Higgins has replaced AJ Green in the Cincinnati offense. Yeah, I mean AJ Green had a hamstring injury, but Oh, I mean, what a shocker. Oh my god, no way. He got hurt. Yeah, one target Whoa. zero. I mean, look, I ranked him at like 50 this week, and I probably should have just put him outside the top 50, but <laughs> but no, because the game's because I had to remove all the New England and Denver players this morning. So Green just stuck stuck in there. But basically, if I'm putting A.J. Green at like 50, like don't play him. That's basically what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you're not starting him. Like it's name value at this point. So I know both you and I were not on it before the year. We took – I don't remember which under prop we took for that FSGA draft. Was it touchdowns or yards? Probably yards, right? Um, I think it was – I don't remember, bro. I don't remember it was either. Probably I, yards. I think we, we wanted to take both, right? Both, we were going right, to do yeah. both of them, and we didn't. We I think we I took – I think we took yards. I think under. we took the under on the yards, which whatever. I mean, listen, that, that's fine. We, we knew that was, uh, that was a disaster. So, I mean, ugh, just – Oh, I'm so glad. Like, I'm just, you know, it's just, you know, not one of those people that's like, oh, I was right. I was right. But damn, man, the the AJ Green truthers just really just freaking grinded my gears uh, all last year and through draft season this season. So ah, nuts. Uh, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Miles Sanders balling still in the wake of it all. He looked absolutely fantastic. Uh, going up against a, 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 a usually a very stout Pittsburgh defense, especially at home. Um, little surprising here, but uh, I mean, I didn't. I wasn't surprised that the Eagle that the Eagles uh, lost. I was surprised that they were uh, in this game as much as they were. Steelers almost blew this game, uh, blew the cover uh, on this if they didn't score that late touchdown. Yeah, and they got a, a bad call, too. I know Claypool had four touchdowns, but he had another one that was called back on offensive pass interference that yeah. I didn't see. I thought that was terrible. So, uh, yeah, Sanders had that 74-yard run. Otherwise, they didn't do much on the ground. But 
you don't care because he scored two rushing touchdowns. I just don't understand how he's not getting the ball more in the passing game. You know, he had 11 carries on the ground. He only had two receptions for 19 yards. He's one of the best catch, uh, catch passing running backs, especially running routes. And I don't know why they're not getting him the football, especially when, boy, this player has probably got to be, and I don't have him anywhere, he's got to be right up there as one of the most disappointing players this year. That's Zach Ertz, man. Zach Ertz had four catches for nine yards last week yeah. and one catch for six yards this week on six targets without Dallas Goddard, no Deshaun Jackson, no Alshon Jeffrey. You would think, all right, it's going to be all Zach Ertz. I mean, this guy's been brutal the last two weeks. Yeah, I mean, how in the world is, um, you know, I, it just it, it blows my mind. It blows my How is Travis Fulgham getting 13 targets in a game here? He's uh, looking good, man. I got to say that. Good. He's yeah. looking good. But, like, how is Zach Ertz not doing anything? I mean, six targets, one catch. Not every single one of those targets thrown his way were, uh, you know, was – catchable but still dude i mean it's just i don't get it i don't understand dude this is five games now three of them he has 18 receiving yards or less man he's doing nothing after the catch when he does catch it i mean geez has he hit the jason witten portion of his career like 10 years <laughs> earlier like oh, no. just don't say that dude, but you know also too remember he wanted a contract i wonder how much that is playing a factor like I, I don't know I, I have to I would have to go back and look a little bit more to see what the problem is but this is crazy man but he did want a contract and he I get it with Dallas Goddard there now and the way he's performing he's not, why are they gonna pay him no there's there's no reason to there's no reason to um Chase Claypool where are you at with him he is obviously going to be everybody's waiver darling this week um, but like, where do you, where do you stack him as far as, uh, as far as this goes, you've got Juju Smith Schuster, uh, Deontay Johnson got hurt today, which is, uh, one of the reasons why he ended up leaving, but you know, you still have Smith Schuster. You got James Washington, Deontay Johnson. Um, where is Chase Claypool lining up for you? Uh, how do you not go back to him? I mean, Ben was looking for him consistently. Uh -huh. He led the team in targets with 11. He even had three carries, so they're designing plays for him on the ground. Juju has been mediocre, and Deontay Johnson's been banged up a couple times. It sounds like he could play next week. Uh, it's tough, but he saw him flash, and I don't know how the Steelers go away from him. I think he's ahead of James Washington for sure, but... With Juju and Deontay, it's kind of unclear, but I don't see how you go away from him now. I, I don't know. I mean, was it just, was it the matchup? I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's what I'm wondering here is. I mean, he's made plays like this year, you know, he hasn't gotten the targets, but he made play, some plays against Denver. He scored a touchdown in that game. So he's shown some things and the Steelers, the one thing they do, they know how to draft wide receivers, man. <laughs> yes, they, they right. Do. I mean, they hit on like so many good wide receivers. So uh, we do have bye weeks coming up. I think four teams are on bye next week. So and then injuries. I don't know. I don't have Chase Claypool anywhere, but you're, you're seriously going to consider starting him, I think, at this point. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? I've got him in. I, I, you know what? I, I was wrong when I said to you that I had him on my bench in the GST league. I didn't have him in the GST league. I've got him in, uh, in the Kings Classic. 
Okay. I look, I can't blame anyone who had him on the bench today because you didn't see this coming. Deontay Johnson healthy, Juju healthy. You know, you saw flashes from him, but unless you were absolutely desperate and hit hard by injuries and bye weeks and cancellations, like you really couldn't have uh had confidence starting him unless it was desperation moving. You know, they play the Browns next week. So uh, that's a game I think people will be looking forward to. Uh, and uh, I see the Steelers are early four and a half point favorites. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Oh, you see an early lines already? Is there an early line on this Minnesota game? No, Minnesota because the Falcons? game just ended. No, nah, I don't see a line on it yet. Mm, bummer. That would have been pretty cool. I think since the game just ended, they'll probably have it maybe overnight, maybe in the morning. Okay. The Giants are rare favorite next week. <laughs> oh, no way. Who are they playing next week? Washington. Oh, all right. At home. So basically saying it, Giants are a half point better. <laughs> Just a half point better. Just wow, the Cowboys are underdogs at home on a Monday night? Wow. Okay. <laughs> Against Arizona. I guess the Andy Dalton factor. You know, I guess it is the Andy Dalton factor there, but I mean, again, um, you know, <laughs> it's still, um, you know, Arizona's not that great. I mean, big deal. They I mean, the Dallas Jets. is not that good either, to to be fair. But no, I, but you know what? I mean, listen, Andy Dalton is probably better than every other backup quarterback in the NFL, and he's probably better than at least ten starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And he has weapons. The only concern is this offensive line is not what it was there without their two tackles for the year. Uh, And he's not as mobile as Dak. So that's going to be the one issue. But, you know, we saw him come in and Michael Gallup made two great catches today, which is why I'm just like, you kind of have to stick with them. And you even asked me, like, which receivers do you like? And I said, Cooper's probably going to see Bradbury. So it would be Lamb and Gallup. And Gallup didn't have a huge game, but he salvaged his day if you used him in PPR. And Lamb is just a stud, man. I mean, that guy was taking big hits over the middle, got up like nothing. Uh, so he does have the weapons here. He, you know, Schultz at tight end, who didn't do anything today, but that's the nature of the tight end position. Uh, so, yeah, the offensive line's not as good, but Dalton came in and, look, he, he chucked it deep. Uh, 10.1 yards per pass attempt. So uh, he's got an array of weapons here. So, yeah, that was one move in the offseason that I really liked. I'm like, you get, we, they've never had a good backup quarterback the last few years. We knew if Gap went out, that'd say it's over. But at least with Dalton, they stand the chance. And the biggest thing is they play in the NFC East. Yeah, which is easily the worst division known to mankind. Not even close. I mean, it's just, it's really, really bad. It's terrible, man. It's really, really terrible. But what are you going to do? Um, all right, let's see. Houston over Jacksonville. Uh, DJ Chark comes away, banged up again from that one. Another frustrating uh, player this year. Yeah, another very, very frustrating player this year. Uh, David Johnson looked meh, not that great still. Yeah, he had one run late. See, the people who look at box scores are like, oh, 17 for 96, 5.6 yards a pop. He had like a 29-yard run when the game was over. Right, exactly. When there was, yeah, it was way out of hand. Yeah, he just, he did not look that great. Um, but I mean, whatever. I mean, you can't go to Duke Johnson. They had no interest in him uh at all and uh you know again this this team is built for the passing game it just is that's just that's bottom line but 
Dude, where the hell did Brandon Cooks come from this week? And why did he crap all over us last week? Of course. I mean, this just happens. Uh, 12 targets, 8 for 161 and a touchdown. I'm sure he was on the bench for many people. There were people who used him in DFS last week that obviously weren't going back to him this week. And then he comes through. So that's the frustrating part. You're like, wait, if I would have had this lineup last week, I would have won a lot of money. But it's how it goes sometimes in the NFL. That is how it goes sometimes in the NFL. Also, now when they're replaying the Cal- the Dak Prescott injury, they're blurting it out. I just saw a replay, and they have the like because it would, you know obviously it was graphic. They yeah. blurted it out. Uh, that's well, that's ridiculous that they would do that. But how fun? <laughs> you hear Tony Romo talking about it? Like Romo was sitting there, he was like, uh, you know, he was like, well. All, all you can do really is just uh, hope that it's a cramp. I think we all knew that that was no. I was cramp. like, Tony, do you not see? I was his, like Tony, I know his Did foot. You, what, his foot is pointing at three o'clock. What screen right are you now? looking at, Tony? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like right away when I saw it, I'm like, oh no, man, that was brutal. And then of course everyone started bombarding me with texts, as if I'm not watching. Right, right, right. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, man. Yeah, you know what? I, I got back at Lisa Ann a little bit um, for uh, for her appearance on Friday for her betrayal uh, of me. <laughs> I said to her, I was like, is it too soon to, uh, to ask my friend Lisa Ann uh, if it's ironic that she, of all people, now has to root for Andy Dalton in real life? Oh, yeah, that's right. I totally forgot about that. She was not happy with me. Yeah, that was the wrong time. She asked me how those Yankees were doing. <laughs> did, well, uh, did they? What was the score in that game tonight for the Yankees? Dude, I missed it. Sh- shut your mouth! <laughs> you shut your mouth. Uh, like the Rays, they but, they beat the Astros in Game One too. In case you missed it. Um, I did actually miss it because I was busy flipping back and forth between the football game. And the Lakers obviously winning as well. Yeah. Um, so was I. So I didn't really catch. I just turned it on for a couple of situations where there was like commercials or halftime. I uh, saw the Astros at the bases loaded at one point, And I think Yuli Gurriel ground a double play. And I happened to tune in for the last out. Diego Castillo struck out Jose Altuve with the tying run on second. So and then yeah, the basketball game was just non-eventful tonight. Um, I just think the heat ran out of gas, man. Uh, they just gave, I mean, Jimmy Butler said he gave like everything he had in game five. And after his interview, he was limping away from the podium. And I, I like the under 215 in the game tonight because I would, I didn't think the Lakers would blow them out. I didn't never expected the Heat to kind of wilt like that, but I knew it was over. And like Justin Fenserman texted me like this was like late second quarter. He's like, man, what is the Heat bench? I mean, the Lakers bench doing? They're celebrating. The Heat could come back. I'm like, dude, they are not coming back. I could tell. You could see it. They were out of gas. They couldn't hit shots. They had no legs. It happens, man. They made a valiant run. They put everything into it. They just didn't have it tonight. And the Lakers were apps. Basically, the Lakers' first half was like as good a basketball as you could play. They played suffocating defense. They weren't letting the Heat get anything. They were hitting shots. They were great in transition. So, uh, you know, congrats to the Lakers. LeBron James still getting criticized. Boggles my mind. It's amazing, man. The guy's thirty, going to be 36 years old. Doesn't miss any time. Last year was the first time he got hurt and missed games. 
He plays deep into the postseason every single year. And he put up phenomenal numbers in these NBA Finals. Won the MVP, has won a championship with three different teams, and people still criticize. And I, there, I give, there were some people I saw tonight say, you know what, I don't understand why people hating LeBron. Just enjoy it. But there are still too many people that hate him for whatever reasons, politics, a bunch of stuff. Like, who cares, man? Just this is about sports and athletics. And we're watching one of the best NBA players ever. I'm not even going to get into the debate. You want to say Jordan's better? Fine. All these Jordan lovers like are insulted by LeBron. Who cares? It doesn't matter. You want Jordan's better? Fine. Whatever. Just appreciate what you are watching here, what he has done. I mean, this guy came in to the league with a lot of pressure. Again, he was 16 years old on the cover of SI. You know what kind of expectations those are? And to come out of high school and everything and doesn't get in trouble, is respectful. I mean, everyone, I guess, gets on him for that Miami Heat decision when he televised it. And he even said he made a mistake. That was years ago. So I don't know. I just think you have to appreciate greatness while, while it's here. And he's still one of the best players in the NBA at age 36, almost 36, and he's basically played, when you t- calculate all the playoffs in the postseason, he's basically played an extra three and a half seasons. It's insane what he's done. But yet people like knock him and criticize him and, oh, he went with this team and that team. That dude's been in the NBA Finals nine in the last 10 years, and this is the worst team, worst supporting cast he's had. I've been saying it all year, which is why I was like, yeah, I don't know. I think the Clippers have more depth. But they didn't get to face the Clippers. Clippers choked away and didn't get there. And then uh, they went out and did what they had to do. And they didn't lose many playoff games at all. Uh, Miami, certainly, game Game 5 was a classic. Did you watch the Game 5? No, I didn't watch the Game 5. Oh, I, well, I know you were watching the Yankees, but you didn't switch to the game after the Yankee game ended, or you are just too depressed? I was too depressed. Okay. Was too that depressed. game that game was one of the best games I've seen in a long time. It was a classic. I mean, it was Butler and LeBron going back and forth, and Butler just was phenomenal. But, uh, yeah, Lakers, great run. You know, the bubble came out very well. No positive test. It was good basketball, so... Kudos to the NBA for getting this done. Definitely kudos to the NBA. All right, let's get back to some football here. Um, and let's uh, let's just kind of finish things off uh, nice and easy. And then, you know, for tomorrow's episode, that's when, when Adam and I will uh, be able to really dive into, you know, once we get the rest of the injury news and once we can uh, kind of assess how everything did, once everybody gets their FanDuel scoring, uh, properly, then you know, then we'll kind of <laughs> dive into that. There, shout out stats.com. What's wrong with you people? Come on, get that issue fixed for crying out loud. Um, all right, uh, cruising through the rest of the game. Oh, you know what? You know who could have used LeBron today? How about the Chiefs, dude? How about the Chiefs? Um, I lost in a survivor pool because I took the Chiefs. Damn, bro, I am, dude, I am I- devastated. I honestly, I stopped doing survivor pools. I don't know why. I just didn't have success in them. Like I'd always lose like the first or second week. And I'm just like, you know what? But it just feels, isn't it? It's like every week there's a team that just eliminates most of the pool, right? Something always happens. Something what always happens. What were your other options this week? Just curious. And I'm not second guessing you at all. Because if you would have told me I'm picking the cheese, I'm like, yeah, sure. The only thing I will say, and 
divisional games. They yeah. always worry me. I've always said this. The divisional games, crazy things happen. But who were your other choices or who you were deciding between? Oh, I mean, I, I actually I could have in this one, I could have taken any anybody like you but, know, we, oh, when you came down to your decision. Who oh, were you I was like, I was like, am I going to take the Ravens or am I going to take the Chiefs? OK. And they're both divisional games. Um, you know, I figured, you know, because I, I, you know, I went through and I researched everything as far as like, what is, you know, what do the Chiefs do and who steps up the most, you know, when you're when you're looking at these guys and they're, you know, trying to, you know, the, the history basically between the the Raiders and the Chiefs in the first game of the season for the last three years. I mean, it's just they've crushed them, crushed them. And I mean, it's, you know, uh, whatever. I mean, it, it happened. You know, the, the Chiefs have they're four and one. It sounds crazy to say they haven't been great. The game against the Chargers, they weren't that good. They had to come back. Now they crushed the Ravens and they weren't good against the Patriots. I mean, if Cam Newton plays that game, they lose. There's no question in mind. They lose that game. Bill Belichick had a phenomenal game plan against them. And for them to go on and win a game 26-10 is very misleading. Anyone who watched that game, the Patriots had it. But they had Brian Hoyer and Stidham at quarterback. They did not play well in that game. No, they definitely did not play well in that game. Uh, and listen, the, 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 the Raiders just took it to them. And, you know, and it wasn't even the exact same game plan. Like, you know, I mean, you knew that they were going to run hard with Jacobs and, and make that happen eventually, like over time. But, I mean, Jacobs, you know, 23 carries in this game, only 77 yards. He did get into the end zone twice, uh, which was good. But, I mean, they really, they, they did it through the air. I mean, Derek Carr was ridiculously efficient through the air. And then, you know, obviously to get, you know, rugs with a big play like that. Aguilar with a big play like that. Um, you know, Waller's touchdown was like 20 plus yards. So, I mean, it's, um, you know, I mean, they were, they were really, they were, they put it together with Derek Carr. I, I got to give the Raiders credit for that. Well, they, they took shots deep and here's the crazy part. So those are big plays that were quick scores, right? With right. rugs and Aguilar. Mm -hmm. They had the ball for 35, 17 chiefs only had it for 24, 43. It's Crazy, dude. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I was listen. I was blown away. Um, you know, obviously bitter because the Chiefs lost, but you know, I mean, respect for the way the game is played. I had a I had a stack going today for uh, you know it was Mahomes. I had Mahomes, Edwards, Alaire, and uh, and Kelsey. And uh, yeah, you know, Edwards Alaire, they just don't want him to score. He had a touchdown call. Dude, he back had a touchdown at Kelsey. Yeah. Kelsey. Oh, he screwed him on that. I mean, but that was a bullshit call, too. The pick play? Come on. Offensive pass interference wasn't even near. Wasn't even near what was going on. Well, I, was, I was so disgusted by that. But, yeah, that would have helped because then I had coming back on that stack was Jacobs. You know, and that looked uh, that looked pretty darn tasty. Let me ask you here, Henry Ruggs. Like, all right, so, so we're looking at some of these, these kids now who are – you know, possibly still on the waiver wire, you know, rugs being out hurt. If you didn't have an IR spot to stash them, you know, rugs could be out there on the waiver wire for some people rugs, Claypool. Um, you know, where, where are you at with the, the two of them? Who do you like more? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, cause rugs should have a higher amount of targets, but he only had three in this game, but you see the explosive playability that he has. And that's another thing with the Raiders today. They have like 17 guys get targets. What are they doing? 
Like <laughs> Waller. All right. Waller, seven targets. Fine. Ruggs, three. Aguilar, two. Renfro, one. Jalen Richard, five. Ingold, four. Jacobs, three. Witten, two. Devontae Booker, one. Zay Jones, one. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Like, narrow this passing tree down. Because uh, Ruggs obviously has a lot of ability. And you saw that big playability with the 72-yard touchdown. I mean, that was the biggest concern. Because Derek Carr typically is afraid to take shots deep. That's what was crazy about this game. Um, that's been one of the criticisms with Carr is he doesn't take shots. He did in this game. He definitely did in this game. And I think that was just, you know, what they ended up doing was just having to, you know, really just uh, switch it up a little bit and uh, and flip the script. I think that's really what it came down to was just kind of flipping the script there and saying, you know, they're expecting us to, to run heavy. Uh, and it just didn't happen. Didn't happen. They, they went the opposite way and it was a smart move for them. Smart, smart move for them. All right. So I, I agree. I think Ruggs should get the, uh, the, the extra targets here over Claypool. But, I mean, who knows? We'll see. Um, last game, let's jump to it here. Uh, Indianapolis against Cleveland, the one that we didn't talk about. Um, you know, I mean, listen, Kareem Hunt got 20 carries. That shocked the hell out of me. I thought that they would go a little bit, uh, a little bit more for Dearness Johnson, uh, who only saw eight carries in this one. Uh, I'm not really sure exactly why, but you know, like you know, I, I, it was it was just it was it was weird for me. So, still a, a solid performance here. Uh, 124 yards in total on the ground for the Cleveland game, uh, and that's that's their mo, and they're they're running hard, and you know they they kind of started letting Indianapolis get back into this one. But then Phillip Rivers uh, decided to give it away. I mean, that's the biggest problem for the Colts, man. Yeah. I don't know why. Did they not watch last year? I mean, Phillip, I love Phillip Rivers. Love his enthusiasm. You know, love the fact that he has 75 kids. But dude can't play. He's not the quarterback anymore on a winning football team, man. And he just made – he can't get the ball to the outside. Uh, and he's, he's crushing this offense right now. He is. He is crushing this offense. Um, agreed. Agreed. Nice to see T.Y. Hilton heavily targeted, though. Uh, though it wasn't, you know, all that great of a day. Six for 69 was good. I, I'm staying on, on Cleveland here because I'm curious what you think. Like, how is this running game going to progress? Because, you know, again, when when they were up ahead and, and they were trying to run it out and alternating between Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson, like, you saw how much they missed Nick Chubb. And what kind of a power back he is. So I'm curious as to what you think the, uh, the the split could end up looking like. Or did we see it today? And it's going to be, you know, 18 to 20 carries for Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson, maybe 8 to 10. Yeah, I thought it was going to be mostly Kareem Hunt. I just didn't think they were going to use Johnson that much. And six of his eight carries came on the final drive. So I think that's – I mean, Kareem Hunt has been – a full-time back before with Kansas City. I think the, obviously the only reason why I wasn't here is they had Nick Chubb. Now with Chubb out, they're going to be like, all right, we rely on Kareem Hunt. So, yeah, I just don't think you're going to see enough from Dearness Johnson to be able to to flex him on a weekly basis. Cool, cool, cool. All right, makes sense. Makes complete sense. Uh, anything else uh, from, from this week that really – uh, struck you, uh, struck you as funny, struck you as odd, was uh, a little crazy for you. You're still trying to digest the week. 
Uh, final thoughts here. Um, people are going to think like Todd Gurley's back, but it's the Panthers defense. The only guy who can't run against the Panthers is Kenyon Drake. Uh, but Gurley, you know, 14 carries, 121 yards and a touchdown. There were big holes there. I mean, one of the holes, I think you might've been able to score. That's how wide open it was. And he wasn't even touched. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I'd look at the matchups, but don't think like Gurley's back. And yeah, that was the other thing. Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds, man, boy, I, I just, I was like, all right, I'm going to give Drake one more week. And I don't know how to respond after this week. Fortunately, he got that touchdown late, but Chase Edmonds is the more explosive player right now. Drake had 18 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. But once again, one catch for two yards Edmonds only had three carries for 36 yards, but five catches for 56 yards, and he found the end zone. I have both, like, on the same team, and I started Drake this week, and it's like, when do I go to Edmonds? And now maybe both guys produce next week because they do face the Cowboys. So, but it, as someone who has Kenyon Drake, you're kind of asking yourself, what do we do here? Because, yeah, he got more touches, 19 to 8 for Edmonds. But Edmonds looks better. Edmonds does look better. He's, he, you know what? But I mean, we've known that. Like we've seen Edmonds look better than Drake. And really, from from what Drake did uh, last season, I mean, it was, you know, it was it was new and it was exciting, and he and he seemed to gel with the offense. But I don't know. Maybe maybe he was didn't stay in shape. Maybe he, uh, he you know, kind of lounged a little during the off season. Maybe he kind of got fat during the uh, during the quarantine time. When everything was, you know, delayed and they weren't in camp. Um, but yeah, he just doesn't look good. And, you know, Edmonds is definitely that guy. Like, I love the fact that I have shares of Edmonds uh, across the board with or without Drake on my team. I actually, I think I have, I have no Drake and I have all Edmonds in, uh, in, in a lot of leagues. Yeah, I think I have three Drake, but like six, seven or eight Edmonds. So that's why I don't mind. But it's I'm in a tough spot right now because it's like, all right, well, Drake's getting the majority of the touches and it's against the Jets. I guess I got to play him. And then early in the game, Edmonds gets the touchdown. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, man. And then Drake finally scores later in the game from like two yards out. I'm like, oh, OK. But like and I had Drake, Drake ranked higher in the rankings on FantasyAlarm.com, but it was close this week. It was Drake was like 21, 22 and Edmonds was like 34, 35, like. And that gap is closing. And I'm starting to wonder, like, do I just play Edmonds next week at this point? I mean, it's we always talk about touches and opportunity, and it's still there for Drake. But if he doesn't score a touchdown today, we're looking at another shit performance, right? I mean, he's not getting any receptions at all. At all. One target today. <laughs> right? So, like, I don't know. Maybe I just got to go Edmonds next week. We got to hammer this out during the week, man. It's going to be a, a, a tough one. It's going to be a long decision. we got a lot to talk about. we got a lot to sort through. We will do it throughout the week. Listen, Fantasy Alarm Sports Talk videos, uh, live streams every single day of the week, 3 p.m. Eastern. You've got Adam and I here uh, on Annie Up, uh, you know, Monday through Friday. Uh, you've got Adam uh, all over Alarm After Hours, Tuesday through Thursday. You got me on the Fantasy Alarm Show, Monday through Friday. I mean, we, we've got all of this. We are going to talk through it all. We are going to sift through it 
And we're going to make sure that you guys are very well taken care of for waivers this week. We're making sure that you're very well taken care of walking into week six. Uh, By the way, if you have any questions about what's going on with COVID postponements, there is an article I've been doing. It's a live blog uh, on fantasyalarm.com that I've just been updating every single bit of news when it comes to COVID. It will be updated. Uh, You'll see it in the morning. All the news seems to come out in the mornings, and then it just kind of simmers down during the course of the day. So uh, by the time you're hearing this uh, podcast, we'll have another day's worth of news uh, as to what's going on. So check out uh, over at fantasyalarm.com uh, the uh, the COVID postponement and cancellation rescheduling article uh, over there. That's going to do it for us here today on the Annie Up podcast. Big thanks to all you guys for listening. Big thanks to Shannon Blunt, our producer, Fantasy Alarm, Monkey Knife Fight, Sawdust Podcast Network. For Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. We'll catch you next time.